This is Double Exposure Show, co-hosted by Sophia Lemon and myself, Petro. Keep listening if you're a photographer, entrepreneur, or small business owner looking for actionable business and marketing advice and funny, off-topic rants. If you're not one of those, stop listening right now. Just kidding. Here we go. episodes ago Petro you were saying something about like using the audio auto settings and light yeah so words to I live started by. doing that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I started doing that um it's interesting right I kind of like it I don't know why I never thought to do that a lot of people will tell you auto's bad shoot raw shoot manual um, don't do auto levels, which don't do auto levels, but, um, like in Photoshop, don't do auto levels, but, um, I, I have a different take on it. And actually, you know, I can't take credit for it. It was Joe Busink who told me about this, um, just a little chat with him. And, uh, I, I asked him, why do you shoot aperture priority? And he's like, uh, Canon spent or Nikon, I don't really know what, which camera he uses, but he, he'll, he says like Canon spends a million dollars on R and D who am I to just tell them that they're wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I definitely shoot on aperture priority, like all the time. Yeah, me too. Unless I'm in the studio, I guess. Yeah. That's there's, there's a time and a place for manual. Um, yeah. and I do use manual often, just not, uh, often enough to, to be always, um, (laughs) good way of putting it. Um, but that's, that was my philosophy to trying things, uh, differently to just click an auto. Uh, and a couple episodes ago, we talked about, uh, spending many, many hours and, uh, of editing into the 3am, you know, um, that's, that's the reason for it is so you don't have to do that. Uh, and it's funny because I was already reasonably quick at editing stuff, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm kind of excited about this because I can just like hit auto. I mean, the worst that's going to happen is I'm not going to like it and I can hit undo. There, there you go. There is the I mean, magical undo button. Yeah, but really it's going to like basically make the photo properly exposed. So there's nothing really wrong with that. And then after I do that, I can still edit the same way that I was before, which is like I I can um, edit one photo, apply those settings to all of the photos, and then like adjust batches Mm -hmm. of photos Mm -hmm. um, in the library window. So yeah, that speeds things up a lot because I don't have to go in and be like, oh, this photo is horribly exposed. Like, how do I fix it? Right. Because it'll just sort of automatically fix it. So well, nice. even if it brings you, you know, 96% there and you have to tweak it a little bit, it's exactly um, it's a great tool for people who don't know where to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's an excellent tool for people who... Uh, are sick and tired of going there the long way. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah. And that, that's me. I love, I love those tutorials on YouTube for like how to edit photos like this person edits oh photos. Gosh. Oh my God, barf. Don't do that because you have to individually edit every photo. And like the steps that they, those people put into editing those photos is insane. Mm-hmm. 
It's nuts. Well, and it's great like, if they you spend, like, um, are working on a on a on a piece. Like if you have a concept and you're working on a singular piece, that's fine. Put sure. all kinds of hours into it. But when you are working on a session where you <clears throat> you might have sixty photos or even three hundred and sixty photos because it's a wedding, for example, you don't have mm-hmm. the time to do that. You, maybe you do have the time to do that, but you shouldn't do that. I, or at least don't do it to yourself because you're going to get into the <laughs> habit and then you're just going to be like, I'm never making money because I'm editing for 60 hours, uh, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. yada, yada, yada. So what else is going on? Oh my gosh. Anything new? No. <laughs> yes and no. Um, any new developments are kind of happening in things that are new, you know, so with my daughter or with my new business. Um, as far as photography goes, it's business as usual. You know, every day I do what I have to do. Um, I print what I have to print. Uh, oh, my God. You're so vague. It's, there's <laughs> there's really like it's it's funny, but. Uh, I'd love to get into details, but it's going to be the same thing every week. You know, you know, shot a house, shot a headshot, edited it, delivered it, took money, high fived <laughs> the client, <laughs> right? And it's it's kind of nice because it's a it's a routine. Um, but kind of kind of what I want to talk about today, to tell you the truth. So, uh, but be- wait, I want to well talk exactly before something. before I get into it, I'll I'll allow you to share with that with us what you've been up to what's new with you so i think it was last week i said something about like we launched this store Mm -hmm. um and i was gonna get some sort of code for people so they could get a t-shirt or something Mm -hmm. um and i actually figured out how to do it so if you go in there i think if you add like a bag to your cart so if you purchase a camera bag or a laptop bag or something like that um you're going to get a free t-shirt. So basically any t-shirt you want will automatically be free. Free. Yep. When you go to check out. Yeah. Which, which is cool. Any t-shirt in our shop. I mean, maybe check. That's true. <laughs> maybe check the description of this episode because I'll just <laughs> make sure. Cause maybe we actually have to apply a discount code. I don't remember. But yeah, go, go, go check it buy out. Buy a bag and get a free t-shirt. What's the website? Um, F8style.com. So F8 S T Y L E dot com. Can you spell com? C O M. That's funny. Um, what else? I am joining BNI. What is BNI? <laughs> Business Networking International. Mm. So basically, there's chapters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is. Like, BNI is like the biggest business networking organization ever. So there's chapters everywhere. There's probably like 10 of them in London. Um, I'm joining the chapter in Collingwood. And it was funny because um, I was talking to Ralph and Ralph told me that I should join BNI like five years ago. And I did not. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, maybe it was three years ago. Anyway, I didn't. But I did go to two chapters. So I went to a chapter in Collingwood and I went to the chapter in Owen Sound. And I mean, they were fine. I wasn't super jazzed. But he told me, well, you should join again recently. So I went and looked at the Collingwood chapter and turns out I know two people in it. Awesome. So 
I met with the one of them and basically we sit down and and he's like, you know, I don't really like getting up every morning or every week. <laughs> like, because the meeting's at 7.30, 7 o'clock in 7, the morning. Okay. Yeah, 7 o'clock in the morning. And he lives about 20 minutes away from where the meeting is. So he's like, I don't really like having to go in the morning once a week. <laughs> and then he goes, but it works. So I guess I'm telling you, you should join. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, which is really weird. <laughs> that is funny. He's <clears throat> he is funny. And like I went to that. He invited me to um one of the meetings and I went and it was fun. Like the guys were funny. He was every BNI meeting, one of the members is giving a 10-minute talk mm -hmm. on a topic. Mm -hmm. And it was his turn. And every time someone has to introduce you <laughs> and he gets up. And one of, the, one of the guys starts reading off this piece of paper saying all of this stuff about him. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Mm. Is that true? Like, And was it true? Is that real? And I asked him afterwards. I'm like, did that guy make up all that stuff? He's like, yeah, he made up all of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's like <sighs> middle-aged, like 50-ish. Okay, okay. So I was like, okay, these people have a sense of humor, obviously. So this is a good environment for me. So that's good. That is good. But yeah. Uh, Trying to like get off of friggin' social media and like I'm doing my mailing list stuff and I'm doing my social media stuff. I'm basically scheduling things and creating automation. You know and then I'm just going to get off it. Like every week I'm going to do my social media scheduling and then I'm going to get off social media and then try to focus yeah. more on like going out and meeting people. <laughs> so I did a little bit of a, a test. Um, and okay. I and I decided to, I, I had nothing to lose, essentially. I decided to stop updating my social media as far as my photography business is concerned. I just decided to stop cold turkey. A little test? Okay. You've been doing this for years. But go on. <laughs> I, I was really low key on it. Just post, just posting hints. Uh, mm -hmm. People would contact me like, OMG, I want to see more. Okay, come on in. Uh, but then I just decided to stop cold turkey. And I just wanted to kind of have a point of contact and see where my business is coming from. Um, I will admit I lost about 10% of my business that I was getting from social media. Uh, mm -hmm. But I gained like 40% of my business f from word of mouth. Because yeah. I think the time I was spending on social media, I started spending in social events like yeah and shaking hands and giving people high fives and it's working so uh, london has several different um groups like bni uh there's the london professionals networking group there's the london executive executive association also known as lea and they're very kind of like you know noses up in the air we're very exclusive because they're like one of the original uh networking groups uh there's bni there's oh there's i bet you there's like 10 at, bni chapters maybe i i don't know too much about it <clears throat> i've been invited to bni on many many occasions but i've always been too yeah. busy to get myself involved i yeah i don't know that it's something that would necessarily work for you because you have to go every week exactly i can't do that i can't commit to it yeah. um that and that was the reason why i couldn't go and it was uh fridays at 7 30 a.m or maybe even 7 a.m you, you wouldn't like it 
Um, I've gone to, yeah, I've gone to these events before and I was fine. I don't mean like you get. No, no. I mean, you wouldn't like going once a week at 730 in the morning. No, no. I'm saying I've done it before to, to like, I've, I've belonged to these groups before. Um, and, uh, I did work for uh, a hair salon that belonged to LEA and oh. I went on their behalf. Now those meetings were Thursdays at noon <clears throat> and it was a tasty hmm. lunch provided, but, um, because I was doing, uh, well, I was doing photography, uh, with the salon, but I was also, uh, taking care of their kind of behind the scenes marketing and day-to-day operation stuff. Um, okay. just literally putting in 10 hours a week. It was, it was fantastic. It was a great little experience. I did that for a couple of years, um, until I switched clients. So it's, I do that today with a car dealership, you know? So like, yeah. it's, it's fun. I, I work from home mostly. Um, keep my toes wet in the social media marketplace, whatever we want to call it. So I do, I still do social media every day. I just don't do it for myself. Um, I engage with customers and, uh, I'd like to say that I know what I'm talking about, but uh, this little experiment, um, just led me to believe that you get what you put in, but also if something's not working, you have to kind of wake up and be like, okay, yeah. it's not, this isn't my, this isn't where I should be focusing. Right. Um, yep. so you have to reassess, uh, what's going on. And that's, and, that, and that's kind of funny that, that like we both kind of said, Hey, let's talk about this today. And, uh, for for me, what I, what I wanted to talk about was just how to recognize that something's not working, sort of quitting while you're ahead and maybe not necessarily quitting, but reassessing the situation and creating a new plan. Um, how, how do you do that? I, I, I know people, <laughs> I know people to this day that they're improving with everything they're doing, they're improving, but they're still doing kind of the old school methods of things, you know, whether it's uh, editing or whether it's shooting, whether it's uh, acquiring business, they just haven't really, they haven't developed, they haven't matured. Um, Yeah. So things like referrals, for example, referrals are old school, but referrals are always going to be higher quality than leads off of social media. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you can look at that as an old school way of doing business, mm-hmm. but, you know, it works. <laughs> the one thing I do want to say about social media is like, oh, a lot of people say you have to be on social media, but the, f- the fact is that Facebook is not going to be around forever. So... And if it is, if, it's not going to be in the same capacity that it that it is yeah. right now for business. Like it's like it's changed over if, the last ten years, right? Yeah, and if all of your like business eggs are in the Facebook or Instagram basket, what are you going to do when they shut down? <laughs> that that's so true, that's right? When, when Facebook shuts down, they're done. Like that's it. We've been over this before in their terms of service. It says that they own all of the photographs and videos and media that you post to their platform. Mm-hmm. That's just so they can close up shop and not really notify you. Like they could go down and that that could be it. Yeah. And I, I think um, what would happen is they wouldn't necessarily just be like, you know what? We're taking this offline. Forget it. Like, see you later. Uh, there's so much money tied behind it, but it could turn into something like Amazon 2.0 where all of a sudden. MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Well, MySpace is still around. 
you know. I know, but it's not what it used exactly. to be. Exactly. And and it's probably making more money today than it ever was, but or maybe not. But um, like Facebook could and here here's the funny thing. So many people I meet today, younger people, they don't use Facebook. That's yep. the problem, is that the new generations, they don't use the same tools. So if you're if all your business eggs are in one basket, Facebook, for example, and like two years ago when we started this podcast, Facebook was kicking ass for me. I was taking out ads on Facebook for $50 a month and I was booking all kinds of business. The return on investment mm-hmm. was enormous. It's not true today for me. Uh, today for me, I I get the same amount of inquiries, but like way less bookings way less bookings from Facebook. Yeah, like because and it's kind of the quality of people who are seeing them like Yeah. Like I'm getting more business on Snapchat. <laughs> so it's it, Yeah, I don't think I can get into the Snapchat thing. Well, and and you should. You should try it at least. Try maybe a, a couple of stories, right? No, well, it's a it's a new thing that I have to learn and yeah. I don't hey, This is what I'm saying is I If you're busy enough and you don't, don't need to invest, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to invest the time yeah. to learn how to Snapchat and kill myself trying to figure out how to bring in clients using Snapchat. I would rather go out and like engage with these business owners in BNI and have them yeah. out. Yeah, and, that, me, right? and that's 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 cool too. That's yeah. But you you would have arrived at that point somehow. So how did you arrive at that point to be like, okay, I'm going to go BNI? Well, so Ralph follows all of my social media and mailing list and everything. And he keeps sending me messages. He's like, like every time I send out a weekly email or something, <laughs> he'll be like, your marketing is fantastic. Sorry. That's not what he sounds like, by the way. <laughs> what if it is? <laughs> it's not. I know for a fact. <laughs> um, he just keeps telling me it's really fantastic. I'm like, yeah, but it's like not doing what I wanted to do. It is slowly, very slowly getting there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like... I don't have an enormous mailing list. I'm not bringing in hundreds of inquiries every time I send out an email. And like, I'm not bringing in hundreds of inquiries on Instagram kind of thing every day. So it's not doing what I want it to do, especially for the time that I'm investing in it. So he basically said, you should join BNI. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should. Like, it didn't take much of a push, but it had been in my mind since three years ago when I went to a meeting. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that down, what you said. It's not doing what I wanted to do. That's that's literally uh, how you should recognize something that's not working, right? Oh my goodness, especially for the time that you're investing in it. And I, I get so irritated because I'm a business owner. I see way too many like social media webinars and marketing webinars <laughs> and um webinars for webinars and (laughs) all of this crap on facebook and it drives me mad like it gives me anxiety Mm -hmm. like you see all of these people promoting this program that they're selling and you immediately think well these people are doing really really well for themselves but then you also have to realize that these people are selling something on facebook it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing super well they're putting up an image that they want to put up so that you'll buy their program. Anyway, uh, you could spend so much time working on your social media and then so much time and money on education 
to improve your social media and it's just too much. So I need to take a break. Like I need to step back from it. So basically what I'm using it for right now is to engage with current clients. I'm going to keep posting to Facebook and everything, obviously. But what I've been doing on Facebook is posting um, photos for clients who are on Facebook so I can tag them. So I'll do that. That always gets way more engagement than uh, than ads. And then, I mean, make regular posts to Instagram so that I'm relevant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically tag the crap out of things. And I do that once a week. And then after that, I'm going to get off of it and focus you, on other yeah, things. Yeah. Because just just making, like reaching out by email to people directly has more of an impact than so i get your email blast on instagram or whatever you want to yeah. call them um how many people actually respond to those and say okay sophia i want to uh, book you okay not a lot it depends on what i'm sending out so do you get my weekly email i think so so my weekly email i'm not promoting anything in particular usually mm-hmm. sometimes in my monthly newsletter i am promoting something but basically, the mailing list is more to stay relevant. So people keep thinking of me. Um, and I post photos and everything to sort of get people's attention. And then obviously, I have my, uh, f- like my freebies, so my free downloads to get people into my mailing list. Right. Um, and I'll make sales to those people. But I do get a lot of people emailing me back on the content in the email. And I think what that's doing is that's developing a relationship. You know what it's telling me is that people are actually reading your emails. Yeah. Well, there's that. But it's developing a relationship with them. So when they need a photographer, they're going to come to me rather than someone else. Because we've developed a friendship. Yeah. Um, Which is what you need to do over social media. I'm just not so good at it. And on Instagram, for example, I have so many photographers and business owners following me. It drives me fucking bananas. And I'm like, I, my best referral is not from 70 billion different photographers. I know. That's the funny part. I don't, I don't have, I mean, yes, a referral from a photographer could be great, but I realize that photographers struggle to get more business. So I'm not going to be getting like, enough referrals from a photographer to like make my income for a full year. So I don't have time to cultivate relationships with 50 billion photographers on Instagram in the hopes that one of them might refer Mm -hmm. me. Like I, you can't focus on that. Does that make sense? Well, it it makes sense to me. Uh, It might not make sense to other people, but, um, I know some people will be super mad and they'll say, oh, photographers pass referrals between each other. Yeah, I get it. Like, I don't hate photographers. <laughs> I'm just saying that can't be my focus. My focus needs to be on building relationships with people who can hire me or are more likely to refer me than to take that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> what do you got? Have you made any changes recently? I make changes all the time. All the freaking time. So I'm, I heard a long time ago, I heard a saying that, um, the insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result or, you know what I mean? Or I don't know if it's insanity or whatever, but like 
Ins- yeah, I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and expecting a different result. And expecting a different result, yeah. I took that to heart. I'm like, all right, well, why? <laughs> this applies to business too. You know, if I'm, as an example, posting stuff on uh, Twitter every day, call to action, uh, incentives, discounts, and I do this oh, every man. day yeah. and I have 20,000 people who follow me but not a single person hires me. Right. The, is, why like, keep doing Twitter is terrible. <laughs> well, Twitter, Twitter is terrible. I got off Twitter. I'm Twitter is Twitter. a great place to get news, you know? So follow some news <laughs> outlets and, and they, they tweet. Or if you want yeah. entertainment, follow Donald Trump. It's... Oh, my God. Right, so... He might actually be in trouble now, by the way. <sighs> I'm surprised the man is still alive, but whatever. Oh, I cannot believe it, but... He might actually be in trouble because I guess his lawyer got arrested and like implicated him in like some bad things. Anyway, <laughs> totally unrelated mm-hmm. to this episode. And also, by the time you hear this, by the time this airs, <laughs> Donald Trump might be in jail or prison. Hey, that should be interesting so, to see. <laughs> um, my prediction. Anyways, so that I, I took that saying to heart. I'm like, okay, well, why the why the fuck am I spending all this time? Just doing something that isn't working. So I stopped. And what, what you say, it's it's not doing what I wanted to do, right? You said that earlier. It wasn't doing yeah. what I wanted to do. There was a couple of things that weren't doing what I wanted to do. Ideally, what I, I miss my agent. Okay, I, I, I worked with an agent a long time ago. He got me clients. They called me and basically... Actually, the clients never called me. The agent was like, go to this place, photograph this, uh, bill me for four hours, <laughs> and that's it. Um, a lot of times I would bill the client, and then um, I would forfeit 9% of my income to the agency. Um, but majority of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, I would actually uh, bill the agency a certain amount of hours, and they could have been billing 10 times more. Yeah, ten times more, and they and they they probably were. Um, for example, the TJX client, which is Winners Home Sense, that you came on the shoot with me. Um, yep. it was a fun shoot. It was just like let's walk around, take pictures of a store before it opens. We were probably in and out in two hours. Um, mm-hmm. I billed them for four, and um, I mean it, it was one hundred twenty-five dollars per hour. I think it wasn't like. I was getting super rich, uh, but also it wasn't a lot of work because those photos uh, didn't really need a lot of processing. I mean, they were going to an yeah. art director anyways. So color density and sharpness and Bob's your uncle. Now, I know for a fact that they probably charged um, TJX about 3000 to $5,000 for us going to do that. And then they probably even licensed the photos. But... I don't care. And I mean, I, I told the story to a couple of people who were just up in arms, like, are you kidding me? That's so wrong. You're being taken advantage of, blah, blah, blah. And no, you're not. I'm saying I'm doing the work. I'm I'm getting paid to do the work I did. Um, they're not. What do you think they're doing? <laughs> well, Like they, they're performing a service as well for absolutely. both you and for well, those l- listen, they, so. they, they do all the talking and negotiating and contracts Ugh. and back and forth. They have to store the images. They have to deliver the images. They have to meet deadlines. All I had to There's do is... There's people there working. You know what? This is, And everybody should just kind of pull over and listen to this for a second. 
or or just you know take the earplugs out of your ears and actually listen to what I'm saying. I was being a photographer. That's what I was being paid to do. I was a photographer for that period. I wasn't a an entrepreneur, a businessman, a social media person, a marketing agent. I was a photographer. And that's all I wanted to ever do. I didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day. I didn't want to um, have to call clients and meet with clients. I literally just wanted to take photos. And, and we forget about that. We, we kind of lose sight of it. I think a lot of people get sold on the idea that you can be your own boss and blah, blah, blah. And then they take that role a little too far. I miss the agency days. Now, the problem with the agency was that they, you know, 2008 was a huge impact for the U.S. market and the business that they were, the relationships in Canada. Um, so after that, I just, I lost a lot of work to the point where my contract was not renewed and I lost my agent. So that, that was, that was the bottom line. And that's when I got started turning to weddings and did a lot more fashion work and things like that. So Great. It it worked out. It actually built my business. It allowed me to expand. We grew. We rebranded. Everything was good. Uh, but I missed those days where I could just, you know, show up and do it. So having to take things into my own hands, I noticed that, okay, I'm just, I'm kind of throwing a ball at a wall and it's bouncing back to me. It's <laughs> take a tennis ball and throw it at the wall and expect it to go through. I mean, eventually you'll, you'll wear a hole in it possibly, you know, or the ball will just wear out or you can go around the wall and throw it. <laughs> so This is hilarious when people say like, oh, you're going to make so much more money doing it yourself than working for someone else. But that's not entirely true because you're going to be doing all the work. So you're not necessarily going to be making more money. Mm -hmm. You're just. <laughs> for the time that you're spending you're probably making about the same amount of money the only difference is there's no limit on how much you can so, make but do you think the vast majority of entrepreneurs make more money than they did when they were working for someone else so making no. more money is such a such a wrong question to ask because you you might have more income but it doesn't mean you're making more money because i used to work 20 24 hours, literally, I, I worked 20 to 30 hours per week, max, ever. Um, and I made, let's say, I reported $54,000 that year, the last year, as my income. As my income, so after expenses and everything. Now, I'm working, so fast forward six years, I'm working 60 hours a week. I didn't report $162,000 income. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't making more money. Now, I, I had more income to the business. Yeah. But sure. I actually and reported less income. That's funny. Like, I hire a second photographer and I'm, depending on the wedding, I'll pay her like 240 bucks. Okay. Um, I'm... <laughs> That's not a lot. <laughs> and people will say like, well, you're making like 3000 I'm like... N that's before I pay my second photographer. And then on top of that, I've probably put like 60 hours into working with that client mm -hmm. for that Absolutely. wedding. And, that, and that's before I take the fucking photos. And that's what people don't realize. So when, when you when you first start out and you're like, oh, it's an eight hour wedding, I'm just going to charge 800 bucks. That's 100 bucks an hour. Oh, I'm God, making barf. 15 right now. Um, 
you're you're forgetting the the overhead, the taxes. Actually, that's probably one of the biggest things people forget. They forget that they're going to get taxed on their income. So when you get paid in your bank account and you're used to you know six hundred dollars every week, as an example, um, mm-hmm. you're used to twelve hundred dollars biweekly. You've been taxed by the government. You've been uh, contributing to in Canada CPP uh, to uh, EI all of these contributions that you haven't done yet. Also, well, there's that, but then also there's the math part of it Mm -hmm. where like, okay, you're getting paid $15 an hour to work at McDonald's. You're getting paid $100 an hour to shoot an eight-hour wedding. You are not shooting five or six of those a week. Mm -hmm. So So you're you're working five or six days a week at McDonald's. You are not shooting five or six weddings a week. So you're not making $100 an hour. Yeah, right. Right there. And if you are, good for you, but you suck. You're lying to me. Oh, you you must be dying. (laughs) You must be dying. If you are shooting eight, or sorry, five or six weddings a week, you must be dying. Where are you finding people who are getting married on days of the week? That's my question. So call us. Well, the other thing is there's no way you're doing that. You have other photographers working for you (laughs) who are shooting some of those. So... (laughs) Give us a call and let us know. The area code is 555. Uh, <laughs> also, I don't want to hear that your week is a month long. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so any, so yeah. back to the actual point. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're get, throwing out these little nuggets of information. But um, at some point, you have to realize you might be stuck. So you have to reassess. Now, what I wanted to do is kind of figure out how do you, how do you, okay, so you recognize that, that something's not working, but how do you ass- make an assessment of what's working, what's not working, and how, maybe what you want to take on next? Um, and how often do you do it? I say schedule, like literally put it in your calendar to do a quarterly assessment. So make it a, a Thursday, uh, first Thursday of every fourth month. So, um, you know, if you if your year starts in January, May, you know, first Thursday in April, uh, first Thursday in July, uh, first Thursday Thursday in October, and then first Thursday in January again, and reassess each quarter, so to speak, and literally sit down and be like, okay, I spent time doing this. Uh, let's follow up on my marketing because what happens is we get into a routine, and we don't do that. Now, yeah, I think it's actually really easy, especially when you're on a system like um, Tabe or something like that. Mm-hmm. You better be tracking where your inquiries are, are coming from. Mm-hmm. And they have a really good um, report where you can view where your inquiries are coming from, how many of those um, converted and whatnot. And uh, people say a lot about you need to be on Google Analytics, but you know, Google Analytics doesn't really do much except tra- uh, like track traffic to your website. Um, you can't just do that. You have to be tracking where paying customers are coming from. Mm-hmm. And when you have that information, your quarterly assessment could be super easy. You can literally just look at, did I make as much money as I would like to make? Yes or no? No. Where were my clients coming from? And then look at like your marketing and what you were spending your time on. If you were spending a whole bunch of time on social media and none of your clients came from Facebook, get off of Facebook. (laughs) Like reduce the amount of time that you're spending on Facebook. And I know people who will sit on their computer and invite their friends to their Facebook page thinking that that will bring them clients. Right. There's nothing wrong with inviting um, 
friends to your no, Facebook page. But, do it. But it just doesn't work. You can't sit there and be like, well, I invited 100 friends to my Facebook page, but no one's hired me yet. That's not, that doesn't I work. I think there's a hope that your friends will be like, OMG, my friend has a photography For business. Sure. You yes. need to hire them, you know. I know, but I'm just saying it doesn't work. So that can't be what you can't be sitting there and being like, it's not working. Why isn't it working? And then spend all of your time whining about it. You need to go try something yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <sighs> I I feel like that was it. Yeah, I think so. Do you have anything um, else well, that you want yeah, to Yeah, so, I mean, schedule an assessment of your business and, and you, you will actually learn how to assess your business and how to assess your day-to-day -day, uh, operations and kind of figure out what's going on. But find a friend, you know, so from networking perhaps, find a friend who may be not in the industry so maybe similar industry, so they understand what your business is like. You know, don't don't hire a chef who works full time in the kitchen because he's gonna have no clue uh, of what what's going on. But hire and don't don't hire them, uh, but ask them to come in and assess things. Share with them your day to day operations and how you do things, how you handle things, and allow the same uh, opportunity to them. To basically come to you and so you you both can look at each other and kind of learn from each other's mistakes you may not know something about certain tax laws certain um, collection procedures or maybe certain loopholes and i don't want to call them loopholes but certain incentives you know like where you can write off um yeah, cash uh, referral fees as marketing for example i didn't know that until i was talking to somebody who was kind of assessing what I do. And uh, so ask ask a friend who's in the, in the same industry, you know, like I would, for example, share with Sophia what I do and vice versa. Uh, and, and then I would yell at him. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but also also look look outside of your business model because I find, here's why I say that, a lot of people in your industry will look to people like us. So Sophia and I, we're talking, we're yelling at you guys, we're, we're frustrated, we're, we're just, you know, like angry and, you know, it really grinds my gears. So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to do that too much. But anyway, so, so a lot of you will look to people like us. Well, guess what? Everybody else in the photography industry might look to us and they only have one source of learning. Whereas, uh, for example, let's say there is a podcast for graphic designers and the people who give that, give that advice are more qualified uh, and all of a sudden, those guys learned a lot more, and they retained that information and applied it to their business. If you connect with them, they can share that with you. So, in, you know, invite people to talk to to kind of assess things, um, and go from there. You know, review your pricing quarterly too. Uh, invite another photographer out for lunch. Sit down and review your pricing with them. Just make sure you're on the same page. Uh, that doesn't mean that if you're if your overhead is less and the other photographer is charging more that you should charge more. You can still stay competitive and make the same amount of money by charging less and maybe getting more clients. It's all up to yeah. you and how you run your business, is, right? That that's yeah. This is going to get complicated. For absolutely, people. and I feel like get a lot longer than we anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, to to summarize, if if you're thinking it's not doing what I want it to do then yeah. make an assessment. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, at some <laughs> point, it. just re reassess. And at the end of the day, use auto settings. 
You've been listening to Double Exposure Show. Thanks to Benjamin Edward for our aardvark, Ben Sound for our theme music, and thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Don't forget to join us in the Double Exposure Show group on Facebook. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Until next time. Get to work. <laughs>